Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome to Headliners with me, Andrew Doyle. And I have two comedians today I really look up to. Not that I admire them, they're just both taller than me. It's Leo Kurse and Josh Howie. Let's crack on taking a look at tomorrow's front pages and we're going to start with the Daily Mail, which leads with Liz, I'll halt junk food tax and an opinion piece there by Julie Birchall in an age where women's very existence is being denied. This glorious show of bold femininity can change the world. Onto the Telegraph now, they go with Truss is the candidate of hope, declares Mordaunt. This is the news that Penny Mordaunt has come out in support of her former rival Liz Truss. We're going to be talking about that in a moment. Onto the Guardian now, they go with everyone is buzzing. Lioness's victory echoes around the nation. The Financial Times leads with Pelosi to meet Taiwan leader as China steps up warning signals. I have a feeling this might not end well. The Times next, they go with BA suspends ticket sales and also that story about Penny Mordaunt coming out for Liz Truss. The Daily Express leads with Truss, I'm real deal on tax and let's celebrate lionesses to be honoured with gongs. And the Daily Star leads with why the long face nightmare. This is the beer loving pony who was made mayor gets barred from his local pub. An absolute travesty. We're definitely going to be covering that one as well. And those are your front covers. Let's get straight on with it. We begin with Tuesday's Telegraph and Penny Mordaunt getting behind Liz Truss. Josh, didn't see that coming. Well, I did. Did you? Well, then you're better at political predictions than me. Well, no, just everybody is now. The only person who's not getting behind Liz Truss is uh, Rishi Sunak. Yeah, well, he'll do that next, maybe. Yeah, he'll be like, you know what, she'll be great. (laughs) Please give me a job. So, yeah, boost for Liz Truss. And really, how many more boosts can a person have? Surely she's there. Yes. And the fact that only two weeks ago they were massive political opponents and there were, like, accusations between the two camps that they were sort of undermining each other. It all got a little bit vicious, supposedly. Liz Truss someone leaked some documents that sort of undermine uh, Mordaunt's time in the, uh, uh, in the um, trade, as a trade minister. Yeah. For me, that's actually quite good. So that makes me think, oh, yeah, maybe Liz Truss is all right. Uh, <laughs> she got rid of Penny Mordaunt. Uh, although, and interestingly, Penny Mordaunt was actually, would have been uh, the sort of Tory membership's uh, favourite if she mm. had got through. Well, this she, is the key point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. she was the bookies' favourite at one point. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, her backing is, is quite quite a big deal. It's a huge deal. But also, you know, I mean, it's, it's clear that Mordaunt uh, dropped out because of the culture war issue. That really affected her. Mm. The statement she'd made previously in the past about trans issues uh, compared to what she's saying now. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, the fact that uh, Mordaunt is the party favourite... Is it going to be the case that those who would have supported Morden are just going to transfer their vote over to Truss? Is that probably what's going to happen? I mean, I don't think it's going to be as, as simple as that. But I mean, I think that I think the party needs needs to look at not just who's going to appeal to uh, you know the, the hundred thousand or two hundred thousand people that are, that are members of the the Tory party, yeah. but you know who's going to? They've got three issues. They need to appeal to grassroots Tory voters because Tory, Tories don't. Uh, Labour doesn't win elections. Tories just lose elections yeah. by not motivating voters to come out and vote for them. 
Uh, they also need to maintain the red wall, yes. and they need to they need to beat Labour. And I think Liz Truss is the obvious candidate for for all of those things. She's not, you know, she's not from a moneyed background uh, and hasn't, you know, had non-domiciled, you know, tax avoidance yes. or anything like that. That's a new term. Um, well, avoision, yeah. Tax avoidance. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've already got. I mean, they've got the major advantage that you know Keir Starmer, whoever it will be, will be running against Keir Starmer, you know, <laughs> yeah, a posh yeah, lawyer yeah. who couldn't be less that. popular. But I, arguably, he has been in the public eye now longer. And someone like Liz Truss. People don't still really don't know who Liz Truss is or yeah. what she's necessarily yeah, be, about. Being in the public eye isn't beneficial for Keir Starmer. Well, the point because is, then it, what, it, people see him. Yeah, well, they're going to see her. Say that she gets but through. We're actually going to see what she's like and whether she has. He might. She might be even have less. Charisma. But here's the question: Is is the you know Liz Truss versus Rishi Sunak? Is this damage limitation at this point? Because maybe there were other candidates that might have been better placed to defeat Labour. Oh, absolutely. Well, Kemi Badenoch, who I know, I think all of us w would have been the the choice. Actually, four of the four of the previous uh, candidates have now backed Liz Truss. Yeah, yeah. But Kemi Badenoch has not come out yet and said who who she uh, go for. Yeah. Uh, but I I still think it's you know they're both not particularly inspiring. They're not, are they? <laughs> uh, which is which is good for me as a Labour supporter now. Or we'll see as long as they can maybe well, find out what a woman is and whatnot. Various <laughs> other issues. No, I think Liz Truss is Liz Truss is, uh, is is pretty good and she's she's got that even even though she's she doesn't have the smooth charisma of say you know Tony Blair. You, you don't want. We've seen so many you know silver tongued devils. So it's all right for the Tories we, to have someone want... with no charisma, but Labour's not allowed to have anyone with no. Yeah, charisma. but also she you know she hasn't overseen uh, the CPS during some disastrous. Oh, mistakes. Don't, oh come on, man. That's, oh don't. That Bring up his that mistakes. is absolutely oh. ridiculous. Oh, it's absolutely oh, ridiculous to bring up job, his mistakes. She? What do you mean mistakes? Like, what are you going to say? Which, Jimmy which... Savile grooming oh, gangs? My, oh, my gosh. Wow. I think we might okay, be getting, down the Jimmy might be getting slightly off That's topic here. Let's be disproved. Let's just... Uh, you're better. I would say you're better no, look, don't, yeah, don't, make, don't make me come in there. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to slap you both silly. Right, now, we have to return to the actual theme here, which is to do with Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. But is it not the case that both of them... You know, there's not that much to choose between them. You know, in terms of they're both going on about the same tax cut kind of policies. They're both... No, Rishi has said he's not going to cut taxes. Rishi has said we need to be realistic. Then you realise that's not a very uh, inspiring okay. message to say, no, wait, I will, I will cut some tax, but he's not really going to cut Can taxes. he possibly... Yeah, right. But can he possibly, you know, shake off the perception that he knifed Boris in the back? You know, ultimately, that's going to be the thing that will scupper him, no, isn't it? No, and I think that makes him really unpopular yeah. with a certain... Right, and I, but I don't think it's just that. I think it's a bunch of factors, right. and one of them being taxes. Yeah. Well, look, I tell you what... Liz Trust, she's had so many bumps now. Maybe she can start, well, stop dressing like Margaret Thatcher. She's been doing that a lot. She doesn't need to do that. She doesn't need to cosplay. Put some T-shirts you know, on. Believe in yourself, Liz. That's what I say. On to Tuesday's Times now. It's not gonna. It's not really like number ten to be party poopers, is it, Leo? No, this is grim. It's yeah. It's strange to see Boris missing out on the chance to sort of you know be on the front front covers and and have some drinks with some uh, young women, but. Uh, number 10 has ruled out a reception for the Lionesses. When they say Lionesses, they mean the, the England women's football team, uh, who, who did great. You know, they beat Germany in the football, was it the World Cup or the Euros or Euro. something? It was something like Euros, that, yeah. And, uh, I mean, they did amazing and, you know, really inspiring. But you've got to remember, they were playing women, which, you know, isn't as difficult as playing men, which does, you know, take some of the shine off their achievement. But, I mean, there's, there's, some, <laughs> uh, there's, there's some good news. So Olaf Scholz, the German Chancellor, travelled from Berlin... To, to watch it, and he watched his team getting beaten. Isn't that amazing? Like, finally, so, there's, there's some good news to come out of all this. I was kind of looking forward to this conversation because I know that none of us know anything about football here. We're the worst possible panel uh, to discuss this, but we can talk about politics. And, like, here, it says here that, you know, the victorious England men's rugby team, they were invited to a reception after the World Cup in 2003. Uh, the cricket's men's team after the Ashes triumph in 2005. Yeah. So, Josh, 
Is this just flagrant sexism that the lionesses are not being invited? Well, I think he's, uh, you know, Boris is going off on holiday. I think he just doesn't care about the country anymore. Do you think he's sort <laughs> of just it, phone, he's phoning like, in at this yeah, point? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but then the title is slightly misleading. It says, Number 10 rules out reception for lionesses. And then it says later on, a Number 10 source said that discussions were continuing to try to find a time. So it might be partly bad timing. But yes, he didn't actually turn up at the match. Everybody else was there. Keir Starmer surprisingly found his way because it was like women's team and somehow he still managed to make it. Make Even it, though he so. couldn't work out what one was. Yeah, you know, exactly, but he yeah. still found it so good for him. Someone must have pointed him in the right direction. Um, so they should be getting... They're talking also about them getting um, various recognition later on, whether they're going to be dames or whatever that stuff. Dames? Do they well, become dames for women? I don't know, whatever. I, but, I, mean, I think, awards, I think it's you? good. If, you, if, if a prime minister is going to neglect something, I think, you know, meeting a football team is a good thing to neglect rather than, you know, the NHS or something like that. This is, you know, this is down the list of priorities for me. I think he's uh, sort of demob happy at the moment. I'm not mm. sure he's really all that interested. On to Tuesday's Telegraph now. And Keir Starmer is not going to be happy about this one, Josh. Yes, yeah, so Lisa and Andy um, visited a picket line, I think, for BT workers. And now they're talking about this as... A, effectively, it's broken down um, the discipline because Keir Starmer has essentially banned Labour from benches from going along to these events. Yes. Now, we've had, this, of course, is in the wake of him uh, firing uh, Sam Tarry. Yeah. Um, well, he uh, said that Keir Starmer said the reason wasn't actually just for him visiting. It was because he was giving all of these unauthorised uh, interviews on television yeah, and but... contradicting, like, official policy. But this has really, really annoyed a lot of grassroots Labour supporters mm. and, and the left of the party, because ultimately they're called Labour. Mm. Uh, the, the, the fact that Keir Starmer is not out to bat for uh, striking workers... Uh, doesn't really... It, it's not on brand. I know you're a fan of his, but it's not really on brand for the sort of uh, the trade union roots of the party. Yeah, no, why, no, uh, why, why are you trying to just be the Tories? <laughs> We've already got the Tories. <laughs> Look, carefully this this is the line he said. I think this is a pretty good line. The Labour Party in opposition needs to be the Labour Party in power and a government doesn't go on picket lines. He's not in government. No, but the point is he's trying to mimic and to show what they would be like if they... if and hopefully when they do get actually into power. And actually, I don't think that this hurts him... In some ways, maybe it hurts him with the left of the party, but at the same time, remember, Blair had his sort of confrontation. The, the Tory with... side of the party. All right, fine. Well, the fact is, to win, a, to, to get into power, you have to appeal to Tory voters. Okay. That's yeah. the reality. No, but wait a minute. I mean, what, what about this idea that he should be uh, attempting to appeal? Like, I mean, Leo mentioned earlier the Red Wall, mm. talking about the industrial heartlands. Mm. Yeah. You know, this is the man who was the architect of the, the, the second referendum policy in the manifesto, even yeah. though 70% of Labour constituencies voted leave. You know, he's not the man to connect with those people, is he? Um, he is trying Thank his best. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great endorsement there from Josh Howie. I think he's... Leo, I, any... look, I, I, well, actually, you know what? Lisa, Lisa Nandy is actually who I voted for. OK. I think she's super-duper intelligent. I think she does have the charisma that... Typical Labour absolutely... voter there. He's like, she's super-duper intelligent. <laughs> she's super-duper. Whatever. I just, no, think she, I, just... I think she has the charisma. I Final word think... to Leo and then we move on. Well, I just think, you know, Keir wants to avoid the Tories being able to paint the strikes because we're going to see a lot more industrial action. He, he wants to avoid the Tories being able to paint it as a, as, a, as a battle between the Tory party, you know, the government and, and the Labour uh, institutions. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't want to be caught out there. But at the same time, you know, Labour stand for, you know, stand with workers. And there are, you know, quite often, even as, as a right-wing hardcore capitalist who thinks, 
you know, nobody should get paid anything. There are reasons <laughs> that they should they should be striking to well, bring their, I mean, their pay up against I just, inflation. I, I just find it a bit laughable that Labour claiming to be the the party of the working class. They're not. Yeah. They're a middle class party. Oh, they've completely lost. They're trying to straddle so many different stools. Well, you know, between that... trans ideology and like uh, you know Islamism. It's like you know they're just being look, dragged apart. Look, he wants to get into power. When Labour yes. gets into power, it can do some good. All right, I would just, I would just dispute... <laughs> do some good. Well, like, what, uh, the Tories done loads of good, Josh, right? Josh, I would just dispute the idea that this is the way to get into power. I think this is okay, where... OK, well, look, that's politics. I, I'm not claiming that I'm a, no 100% right. I can see what he's doing and why he's doing it. Right, fair enough. Tuesday's Express now. And would you trust the SNP with your finances, Leo? I wouldn't trust the SNP to run across the road to get me a Mars bar. Uh, so basically, basically, of course, <laughs> they're actually delicious. Oh people God, people yeah. mock them, but they're, they're no, delicious. No, they're not. They're absolutely delicious. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, Sturgeon is desperately begging Westminster for extra money uh, after being accused of creating a 3.5 billion pound black hole in Scotland's finances. So you know, Scotland's got a devolved parliament, and they you know they handle the, the the finances for Scotland, but they're doing a terrible job at it. Even though under the Barnett formula, they get much more money per person than the rest of the UK. It's absolutely yeah. insane. They get, like, you know, 15 or 16 billion pounds a year. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably more now. They get 123 uh, pounds for 100 pounds that we the, they get in the rest yeah, of the Yeah, so people yeah. in Scotland... I mean, there is some rationale for that because it's a sparsely populated place, so, sure. you know, to, to give yeah. the equivalent services to people, you need to spend a bit more money. But under Heroin, the SNP, there's been an absolute... <laughs> Litany, that's very funny, that's uh, racism. But, uh, under you the should SMP, have said haggises. There's been was... a... Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, what, what you... this, this is microaggressions. <laughs> it is. But I am brutal. Under the, <laughs> under the... Shut up. Under the SNP, there's been a pattern of, of corruption and opaque deals and just money being, being wasted. And I think the government needs to go in and, uh, and audit the SNP and find out where all this money that they're getting from Westminster is going. So, you know, Calmac Ferries were £150 million over budget and five years late... Uh, SNP MP uh, Natalie McGarry was was convicted of embezzlement. There's a there's a culture uh, throughout the throughout the SNP, and I don't think it's, it's controversial to, to say that UK government needs to open the books and see where the money's going. I, but they won't do that because they're scared of the SNP. Can I ask you this, Leo? Because one thing I don't understand. So this uh, article is talking about how the government has provided 41 billion pounds per year, largest for amount three ever. years, largest amount ever. Yeah. They've still got a 3.5 billion black hole yeah. in their finances. So they're obviously not doing that. But they're also talking about another referendum, which is going to cost a fortune. But not only that, they're hiring these very expensive lawyers to see if they can bypass Westminster to have the referendum in the first place. Yeah. So the SNP, I mean, how do they reconcile this? I have no idea. And to be honest, I mean, I'm amazed the SNP are pushing so hard for a, for a second referendum because if the SNP had to manage their own finances, they can't even balance the books with all this extra money from Westminster. <laughs> so how they'd manage to do it without the extra money, I, I, it blows my mind. The thing mind. is, this is all revealed in May. Mm. So they're trying to come in now and say, oh, it's because of inflation and this and that. But the reality is they already knew that they had all these expensive spending commitments from... Uh, they knew there'd be this huge shortfall back then. So now they're trying to frame it like, oh, no, now we... No, it's you just, knew it, you had an issue. It's quite funny sending a begging letter to Westminster and then at the same time yeah. saying we want to leave you evil individuals. Yeah. You know? And if, if you look at every metric that the SNP are responsible for in education, health, uh, drug deaths, all the rest of it, Scotland is doing appallingly. It used to you know, be one of the best countries in the world for education when I was 
at school. Just quickly before we move on, but it is a one-party state. There is no potential competition yeah, for absolutely. the SNP in Scotland. So how will this ever be resolved? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't see it being resolved until until uh, there's a, there's a decent opposition or until you know the Scottish voters wake up and, and realise yeah, that they're being led down. They're being led down a path to ideology, to this mirage of independence that will fix everything. And independence would be an absolute disaster for. I mean, the you look at South Africa and you look at the ANC and they've had control of politics for so long. But then after, but it takes generations for that to happen. Yeah. for other parties to start. Coming through, and for the once those parties, the corruption or the whatever becomes apparent. Yeah, absolutely. Tuesday's Express now, and the petulant Australian senator, Josh. This is an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, you see the clip. She goes up. She's got her hand raised, and and she's she basically you have to give like um, an oath there as you when you take your in the inauguration, and she basically says, "I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to." the colonising Her Majesty the Queen. So this is the uh, Indigenous, Indigenous Senator yeah, Lydia Thorpe. Lydia Thorpe, so, yes. so, so she's going up to give her oath. Oath, and then and... that's what she does. And the thing is, like, all right, that's what you think. And the reality is that uh, not, not England, well, I guess back then, but certainly the Australian government has been atrocious to the Aboriginals for, you know, centuries. Yes. Um, centuries? Well, yeah, two centuries. have been there that long. Two centuries. Right. Two and a bit centuries. Um, anyway, and uh, my, I've got Aboriginal family. Not that that matters. Doesn't you know push me anyway. Is that like an Elizabeth Warren thing? Like yeah, absolutely. One, I don't. I don't have any, but I've just got all my all my Cherokee. cousins. All, all my cousins are Aboriginal. When I go to Australia and hang out with them, it's really cool. Oh right. I got you as a cousin. So, so speaking as. Uh, as an Australian Aborigine, yes. you can tell us more about this. And the, this Absolutely. Was, you know, I, so I can understand the point that she's making, but yeah. it, it's just that the video clip uh, of it, her going up, you know, refusing to say the Queen, calling her yeah, the colonizer, yeah, yeah. and, and the, her putting her fist up, it looks so, it looked like a child. But you know what it is? It's that, and then it's after where they said, you know what, you have to actually do it properly if you want to do it. And yeah. then she did it properly. And it's like, uh, well, then it's just all for show. Like, yeah. well done, you did your thing, and then you caved in. Yeah. Like, that's not the powerful thing. And it is a ridiculous thing. And I don't think that people need to swear allegiance to the Queen. As someone said here, it's archaic and ridiculous. Yeah, that seems fair enough. They are talking about a referendum, which I believe um, about 54% of Australians would agree. But they don't know who would then take over as head of state, yeah. whether it would be Jason or Kylie. There's some big issues going yeah, on. Steve, One of those would be great. the crocodile yeah. guy's dead? Hogan, so he would have yeah. normally... He, he was like... Uh, he, was he was Australia's Diana, and he's gone now, so... Oh, Paul Hogan's not dead, though, is he? No, not no. him. The the, um, the guy went the around Steve in Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin, yes. Steve Irwin. But then he went swimming with stingrays, fatal, you know, dangerous animals. Too. Yeah. That's how that happened, you know. But that's why I don't do that. Or go to Australia. Or go yeah. to Australia. Yeah. No, it's full of spiders. Really scary place. Snakes as well. Um, Tuesday's Guardian now, and uh, take a deep breath, shuffle to the edge of your seats. Josh Howie is about to go off on one on the journalistic dynamite that is the mortgage affordability test. No, this is me. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it you? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I wanted Josh to do it. <laughs> I was all, I'm ready, I'm ready Sorry, to go! Josh. I'm ready to go! Uh, do you rent? <laughs> well, what? Do you rent or do you... No, I buy, but that's a whole different level. We'll talk right, about... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I... we'll right, mortgages, Leo. Uh, this is mortgages. So thousands of potential homeowners may find it easier to get onto the property ladder after the Bank of England has scrapped a key mortgage affordability test so this test, uh, you know, used to require the Bank of England used to require potential home buyers to prove that they could afford a three percentage point rise in interest rates, yeah. which seems quite archaic. Now we've had, you know, what is it, a fifteen percent rise in <laughs> uh, in inflation? But um, but yeah, so this is uh, this is going to make mortgages more available to people. I think it would have meant that 
Six uh, percent of people could could get a, a more expensive well, mortgage. That's what it says. Yeah. Approximately thirty-five thousand people could have got a mortgage. Could have got, no, could have got, got, got more mortgages. More money. More, yeah. more okay, money. Fine. And that, I mean, making making mortgages more affordable, more accessible, always works out great. We saw that in two thousand and seven when we had the biggest financial crash since the Great Depression. So yeah, I'm not sure this is a great thing to be doing right at a time when we're facing. But surely uh, we, we, we need to be getting people onto the property ladder. I mean, yeah, that's we, something we that do. We and, and build some houses. No, and they still have a lot of rules. The main one being that it's 4.5 times people's salary yeah. for, for doing it. Uh, I do own, but that was after my wife and I spent four years saving up, living with my grandma who was in decline. Right. And that's the reality of the sort of thing. And, and I'm lucky that I did have a grandma who I could essentially um, take advantage of. <laughs>
Not Mariah Carey. Okay, yeah, sorry. Okay. Give me some insight here. Goodness sake. Okay, we're going to um, move on now to our next story. I believe this one is with Josh from Tuesday's Metro. Yeah, What's Beyonce. Uh, so Beyonce, my yeah, second favourite. After Beyonce or, yeah, or, <laughs> or Mariah Carey or Brahms. <laughs> Uh, so she's released a new album. There was a big hoo-ha about it. It's very exciting for a lot of people. It's called Renaissance. And supposedly there's an ableist slur in it where she says, uh, there's a lyric in the song called Heated saying, I don't know if I can even say the I word. I don't see it. Something on that ass. Can I, oh, well, I can say the ass bit. I can say the ass. Can I say ass? You can say yeah. the name of the S word. I'll just clarify this. S in on that ass. But, so but ass is okay though. But that, she's talking about a donkey though. So that's, oh fine, that's okay. Fine. Yeah. Family quit, girl. I need my glass. Okay, I don't know what that part means. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> but in America, the whole thing is that that particular S word means to go crazy or to fight. And this isn't a new uh, issue. It happened with Lizzo, who's also an uh, uh, American singer. She had that word in one of her songs. So it's it's been complained about over. She Lizzo did change the lyric, I believe. Yes. Uh, whether Beyonce will. Uh, no, but, she is. She's oh, she's actually yes. saying, oh, yeah, so she is saying that she's going to do it. But I just feel like, okay, in the UK, it's obviously a slur, it's a derogatory thing for disabled people, and that's wrong. But in a different culture, in a different country, it has different meaning. Like okay. the word fanny or yeah, but fanny it's, pack it's got the or same, something. It's got the same etymology. It comes from the same word, and it's still uh, the okay, ableist yeah, yeah. thing. I mean, it's a fun word, and I, I miss shouting it at school. But, but wait a minute, Liz. So, so this is what I'm a bit confused about, is the fact that, yes, I understand people complaining. They've always complained about lyrics in songs, OK, if they're offensive. But now what's changed is people contact Lizzo or they go on Twitter and mm. kick up a fuss, and she re-releases the song three days later without the word. And all those and, people feel that power. Right, exactly. Uh, so isn't them. that the difference? And similarly with Beyonce, no. so now you have the power to get artists to change their work mm. if you don't happen to agree, and that troubles me a bit. I don't think that's right. I mean, think if Brahms you, is going to do it. But you could, well, you could be Brahms. Brahms allegedly used to strangle cats to, to replicate that noise in his concertos. Mm. I mean, it's a, just a rumour. But you could try and cancel Brahms for that. But I wouldn't like that to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, what's, what's interesting with this is, uh, so Beyonce is, is following Lizzo. Lizzo did the exact same thing well, they have to, about right? a month ago. But Beyonce is also embroiled in another controversy right now uh, where she, she sampled or, or lifted a bit of a Kellis. Song or Kelis oh, yeah. or Kelis yeah. without asking permission without yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh well that's outrageous I mean the Fugees did that with Enya and I still haven't forgiven them for that <laughs> anyway moving on now more SMP shenanigans from Tuesday's Times Leo yeah so there's a platinum jubilee book that's being sent round uh, all the schools in the UK to celebrate the platinum jubilee obviously but uh, Scottish officials who aren't very Anglo centric have uh, complained that uh, you know this this book is full of uh, you know Anglo centric uh, tropes that they have insisted that the Queen must not be referred to as Elizabeth II, uh, and they've demanded... Bear in mind, this is, this is for schools. They've demanded children's stories about same-sex marriage, the Jacobite rebellions, the Irish Civil War, the forced deportation of Commonwealth immigrants and the assassination of Benazir Bhutto, the first female Prime Minister of Pakistan. But wait a minute, yeah. isn't this a book about the Platinum Jubilee? Yeah, so what's yeah. Benazir Bhutto got to do with that? Well, this is, this is the thing. And the Queen did it. The, <laughs> That's the, quite well, an allegation. I mean, she, does, she never sues. You heard was it here it, first. Was, <laughs> it, was it in an underpass? But, not the, oh. uh, but the civil servants who have demanded this uh, have admitted they weren't historical experts and that some of their research was from Wikipedia. I'm actually baffled about this one, Leo. I mean, I, I just can't... Because they've also said... 
that they should... They want the... Uh, there's a bit in the in the book where the children go on a tour of London yeah. and they want, to, they want to change that with yeah. a bit on same-sex marriage, coronavirus, the climate emergency <laughs> and the Windrush scandal. Yes. Those, are all and, the, those are all on the tube, Matt. You know when you go on the tube and you right. see all the different tourist destinations, they're all there. But yeah. it's like... This is like a parody of, of what we would call a woke activist because they've even yeah. said there's a section on smart thermostats yeah. that can be set remotely uh, by smartphone. And this person says that's triggering for anyone experiencing poverty. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, this is this for real? Yeah, it is for real. And that's, that's the crazy thing. That, and this is what's happening just in publishing as a whole, as I know you guys know. But yeah. you have these sensitivity readers now <laughs> that are coming in, reading the work of artists, yeah. and then coming in with their opinion about what... And, and just finding the most tenuous, ridiculous yeah. things to that, make their input to justify their jobs. But however ridiculous that is, and I couldn't agree yeah. more, that is preposterous. This is the Scottish government mm. coming in. And this, about, is, uh, this is where the money's going. So all that money... So Scotland, uh, in, in Scotland, the public sector is a much bigger share of the economy than, than in the rest of the UK, uh, which, you know, is why the Scottish government has got so much power uh, over people, over even the, the comedy clubs, the, the stand comedy clubs are owned by... Uh, SNP um, politician. So, you know, er the state controls everything. And, uh, and yeah, this is, this is a nonsense. We, it, can, it, you know, we can save some money by scrapping these idiots who go on Wikipedia <laughs> and decide to change a children's book to include the assassination of Benazir Bhutto. From one devolved area of this great nation to potentially another, from Tuesday's Guardian, this one, Josh. Yeah, so York and North uh, Yorkshire are going to get a mayor under this 550 million devolution deal, which, of course, we've seen how... Well, that's worked elsewhere. But uh, this is part of levelling up, right? This is part of the levelling up thing. This is one of the, this is the first city and rural region to see devolution um, on the scale uh, that is enjoyed by city regions more in the south. Uh, now they can spend the money on transport, education, housing. These things make sense. It's also a chance to see local politicians messing up and being corrupt <laughs> at, at, the, at that local level. So that's quite encouraging. As well, but, but theoretically, this sounds good to me, you know, because I think it, that obviously yeah. uh, local people are far more are better placed to and they're going to know, yeah, know exactly the needs where of the that local money community. needs to go. Absolutely. So look, <laughs> this is good. This is a good thing. The Tories now are finally making good on their promise. Um, they're actually doing stuff and taking action. But the thing is, it's too little. It's certainly too late to save Boris. Is it too late to save the Tories in that whole red white uh, red wall? Leo, what do you think? I think devolution is idiocy, and I don't think this is what people want when they when they talk about levelling up. They don't want more bureaucracy and administration and, and petty officials having lots of power. Is, is this devolution, though, or is this just a local area getting a mayor? That, that is what devolution is. No, it's uh, not. I mean, it's not... It, it, no, well, the mayor, the mayor, it's a very mild form. Yeah, but the mayor has... I mean, the, like, the London mayor has control over uh, policing, will share control over policing and, and transport and all the rest of it. So they, they do have, they do have a, a lot of power. And, you know, the idea of devolution is, is great. You know, so you've got... Uh, you know, local parliaments or local um, officials who focus on local issues yeah. and they're connected. That does right make there. sense, right? It makes sense, but it doesn't work like that. It just creates satellite states that, are, that tend to be corrupt and fight against the, the central government and demand more money and uh, don't, don't spend it wisely. And also, it stultifies the growth. So instead of uh, instead of, um, you know, like so Scotland, for example, used to have a huge role yeah. in, in the UK and the civil service, police, military, 
uh, and the government as well. We had, you know, Scottish prime ministers and lots of Scottish politicians. Now it's become an insular, uh, inward-looking country. And I think this is, this is what's going to happen here. What people really need is lower taxes, less government involvement. Like, people flourish with less government. The worst thing that can happen is the government turns up to help people. You sound like you're running for the Tory leadership at the moment. This is quite a political <laughs> statement you're, you're saying making. that Yorkshire's going to become more insular? <laughs> I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think, you know... No, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because it's sort of almost like a Labour policy that Tories have put through. Well, let's see if it works. I bet it doesn't. That's all for part two. Uh, coming up, we've got gendered driving, anxious dreams and the benefits of having rich friends, otherwise called a day in the life of Josh Howie. <laughs> see you in two minutes. Welcome back to Headliners. I'm still Andrew Doyle. They're still Leo Kirst and Josh Howie. We're going to crack straight on. We've got a lot of great stories to get through. From Yorkshire to Edinburgh now, and I fear the three of us may be partly to blame for this one. This is from Tuesday's Telegraph. Yeah, so this is, this is another, uh, another example of Nicola Sturgeon's government uh, not making good decisions. So they've been accused of undermining the success of uh, Edinburgh's festivals. Obviously, the fringe is starting, well, it started already, uh, by approving plans to force the city's Airbnb property owners to apply for planning permission if they, if they want to let out rooms or, or properties. Uh, and this is, this is the second uh, thing that the SNP have done to, to make it difficult for accommodation during the Edinburgh, Edinburgh Fringe. So during, during the Fringe, uh, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people come from, from all around the world. Population doubles, descend, The population of Edinburgh doubles, and those people have got to, got to stay somewhere. Yes, and why would they Well, why previously they there, was a, there was a deal, uh, so student landlords would, uh, had a deal with the students, where um, you know those those properties would be let out during the the fringe, yeah. which would I've stayed I've stayed in them. Yeah, in it would, would subsidise yeah. the, the the students uh, students accommodation and also provide accommodation. That's still happening in some places, but not with uh, a lot of private. Uh, basically, the SNP changed the the rules so landlords couldn't put that clause in that said you had to be out. You know, tenants Why? had the, had the right understand. to stay on Why? in, and now they've made this as well. So this you know if you own a property. Uh, you're you're stopping. There, there's very, this is an example of very few uh, situations where the government needs to get involved. You know, we had agreements between consenting adults to yeah. you know stay in a house, let out a house, and the government's gone in and saying no, 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 yeah. you can't do any of that, yeah, and it's I don't it's going to destroy the fringe. It's I don't not understand why though, fringe. because because they're actually saying here that it, effectively they're just adding another layer of bureaucracy here. They're saying people are going to have to That's apply what for permission. permission. More than that, they're, they're going to actually have a citywide cap on the numbers of homes who are actually yeah. given this planning permission. It's the last thing they need already it was extortionate years ago yeah yeah the, the last two or three year well obviously festival now this year that's all the comics talk about it's it's probably like doubled like from nine grand from the, yeah, yeah from, it's like impossible for newer acts to come up going up there putting up a show anyway is costs you like thousands of thousands yeah. of pounds yeah. Yeah. The worse than that is yeah. choking off the supply yeah. of audience yeah. so there's yeah. not enough properties for audience to stay in yeah it's it's total madness it is yeah. absolutely madness so uh, who'd have thought government would be making bad decisions this is why we need small government that doesn't do much this is why Trump was such a great uh, oh president. How on earth are you yeah, getting I, so Trump gummed up into the Edinburgh Festival? He can get Trump <laughs> into anything. Don't you worry about Trump that. Wow. did not destroy the Edinburgh Fringe. He absolutely didn't. Well, that Fair golf enough. course. Fair right. enough. A story now from Tuesday's Mail, and I have full faith that Leo, Leo will give a fair and balanced analysis of this one. Yes. I'm, I'm sure you will. Yes, Andrew, I will. 
So driverless cars may need gender settings after a study has shown that women are better at controlling them. So, you know, traditionally... So women are better drivers, right? Women are, are well, of, of driverless cars. So, <laughs> I, know, I know that sounds like a, a bad pub joke, but actually they're, they're talking about when the, the driverless, the, the automatic system stops. So, uh, you know, currently a lot of, lot of cars, like there's the Mercedes they, they mentioned, they have a, a driverless system. You can put it on a sort of autopilot, but you've got to still be in control of the car. You've got, got to be aware. You can't just climb into the back and have a snooze. You've got to be aware because you. Why can, do you have to be aware? Uh, because uh, well, obstructions come if up. If something happens, the, the car, you know, it can it can do its stuff, but you know, stuff happens. Basically, that... auto. Auto. Well, I, 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 I like Remember, you... Night Rider. Any I didn't realise there's actually driver like that. Yeah, in Germany now, yeah, yeah, it's legal. Because that that's just like that scene in Total Recall, you know, where the the, the, yeah. the, the fake driver and and it, that tries well, to kill him. The fake driver was driving, so it, it wasn't driverless. But you know, this is. This is something that needs to... It doesn't always work, so you need to be sitting there in the driver's seat and aware... I and got take, five kids to feed! And take, take, control, <laughs> take control of the car. And apparently women are better at uh, taking, taking control of the car after... Okay. Well, actually, this article, totally, the results is like, how do you look at the actual results here? Because what the reason that they're coming up their conclusions of this is that women take back control. Like, basically, they were doing, like, these simulators, right? Yeah. And then up comes a hazard. Now, women responded quicker from when they started beeping or whatever, saying yeah. this hazard's coming up. They responded in 2.5 seconds, men 2.63 seconds. Okay. I would argue that it's men looking at the hazard and being able to evaluate quicker whether it's actually a threat <laughs> oh, I or think, not. I think and then they take back... So they can look and go, wait a minute, yeah, I can give it another... Josh, I think your, masculine, okay. your masculine pride has been hurt here. Yeah. And I think, look, if you just look at it, like, women don't... I have no masculine pride. I just <laughs> want to be very, very clear about that. Women They're... don't pay as much as insurance because they have fewer crashes. So we know yeah. that women are better drivers, right? Yeah. And also, the, uh, they're, they're taking back control of Whatever. football and okay. also of the government. Okay, That's well. uh, Leo Curse <laughs> on his feminist high horse once yeah. again. Uh, Tuesday's Daily Star now. And talking of horses, a horse walked into a bar and got kicked straight back out again. Josh, this is a, an interesting story. Yeah, this could only happen in, in England. It's one of those stories. Patrick the Pony Mayor, uh, who uh, is the mayor of Cockington and Devon, Torbay Council have come in. Uh, now, he's voted mayor because he was a popular local figure. Evolution. Or horse or whatever he is. Um, Wait, the and horse was hosted, was ho voted mayor. He was, he was, because he's sort of like one of those uh, therapy pony. He's a pony, sorry. Don't want to offend the horse community. Uh, he's a therapy pony. He goes re to recovery groups, hospitals, mental health wards, and then he'd like to have a little relax, have a little Guinness yes. in this pub garden with his owners, and uh, and then they voted him mayor, and because he was like sort of a popular local figure. Yeah. But then there was a, you know, guess what happened? Someone complained. And Torbay mm. Council went in and they went, oh, actually... And they put him a little... Like, in the garden, they just built a little fence thing for him there. Yeah. People could pet him and whatnot. And they've said, no, no, you can't have this. This is a, like a... a um, this isn't allowed. You're going to need planning permission. So they're having to, like, tear it, the, the little fence thing down. I'm and... still struggling, because, Leo, earlier you were saying that the mayor does have some political responsibilities. Yeah. They've got a horse. This is a great example of... I mean, this is a good politician, because he, he hasn't introduced any legislation that would destroy, for example, the Edinburgh Fringe or, or anything. The bad politicians are the people going in yeah. to remove his pen. Are you saying... Ruin, he is destroying the grass. Ruin a village's fun. The it's their grass. They can do it. The people in the pub can do what they want with their grass. Are you saying if we put a horse in control of the SM, MP, Scotland would be in a, a better place. It would be in a better place. Wouldn't be in a good place, would be in a better place. Defin okay. Definitely have a better policy on uh, trans rights and... <laughs> <laughs> well, a horse probably knows what a woman is, maybe.
Possibly. But, but this horse drinks Guinness, though. I, I, I'm not sure no, about I think it's a case yeah. of shutting the stable door after the horse has gone at the pub. Very good. Tuesday's Daily Mail now, and this one's for the overthinkers, Leo. Yeah, so there's been a study, not, not a big study, just uh, 38 people with um, anxiety and 38 people who don't have anxiety. And we studied their dreams and found out that anxious people have kind of anxious dreams. They, uh, they dream of being chased, being physically attacked, being frozen with fright, uh, the death of loved ones in accidents like plane crashes, uh, speeding cars and former love interests. So, so wait, but, but why do you need... This is one of those things, right? Why do we need a study for something that we already could have told them anyway? Of course anxious people are going to have anxious dreams. I had a dream yeah. that I was Bonnie Tyler last night. What does that mean? Is that, that's a good total, dream. That's a really good dream. Total eclipse of the heart. Ah, yeah, well, I you think see. you've been doing too much trans... Right, <laughs> trans <laughs> on the show. I just think she's a good singer. Um, yeah. No, but, I mean, this is a nonsense study. What's the point? I mean, uh, you know, and also, don't we all at some point have these kind of dreams? It, they talk about a, a love interest, a former love interest. Well, we always dream about former love interest, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, my wife's watching and I have never had a dream about a former love interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's very little to say about that. Let's move on to The Times once again. And how do you become affluent when you grow up, Josh? This is a, quite an interesting story. This is uh, Rich Friends in Childhood help the poor to earn more. So what they've done, American researchers have analysed 21 billion Facebook friendships, mm. looked into uh, people's parents, uh, and this is quite interesting, though, as a side note, the average income of where they grew up, yes. the model of their phone, so now they're using that as a means of just whether you're upper class or not, whether you... Really? Me with my iPhone... Five or something <laughs> back then, and their education. I'm than you. <laughs> and, and what they've, and this has been published in the Nature Journal, and essentially, poorer children who grow up with richer, and we're talking about like 70% of their peers being richer, will actually earn 20% more. And so, than... are, are they suggesting that that is because it's aspirational to be around rich people, or, or is it more to do with the fact that if you've got lots of rich mates, they might get you better jobs? Well, also, and the other thing is, if you're growing up in an area like that, maybe the schools are better. Right, so okay. that might be another factor. So I think all of these things come to play here. I think it's it's, slump, it's comforting in some ways for me because I don't really have very much money, but I've got a couple of mates who uh, do. Yes. So that's quite good, so I'm going to need to get them around my kids a bit more. Uh, Is that the moral of this story, just hang out with rich hang people? Hang out. Well, but, you know, look I, look, I had a very privileged upbringing, even though I don't have much or any money now, but... Um, what I think, when, I, when people talk about public school and, and whether the education's better and all that stuff, what you really get is you get a sense of entitlement that just comes naturally through pe friends and peers seeing their parents not having limitations placed yeah, on them. That's a, that's a very negative and left-wing way of, of looking at it. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's more about the, the poverty of, of aspiration uh, that, that you get. I mean, I, I grew up in... Uh, I mean, I'm, although I'm upper-middle class myself, uh, because uh, we had cutlery and listened to Radio 4. Uh, you know, I grew, I grew up in rural Scotland, so, you know, there's a lot, a lot of, you know, poor people. We, we, were pretty poor. Thing, we were pretty poor as well growing up. Um, but, you know, I think you've got the... If you've got a, a sort of aspiration and, a, and an expectation, then you're going to do better than somebody who thinks life is but just... How, but, but I guess the... Uh, is you looking around at the people around you and the people who you're friends with or the parents of people well, you're friends a with lot, a lot and seeing, seeing what jobs that they do and going... Okay, that's the reality of that. It, can I achieve that or not? I'm not saying that it's about people's actual ability. I'm just saying the examples that you see in your life, yeah. people tend to then. Which is a positive it. thing, not a negative thing. Well, a lot of my friends saw the benefit system as a as a career. 
you know, so, you know, working out how to get more money out of the benefit system, which, you know, a lot of people, you know... Well, they might, some people a make a decent do. living off that. People can make a, a decent living. That's why I have five if you're, kids. If, yeah. you're in an area, <laughs> if you're in an area with, uh, with low uh, incomes, you know, the benefits, uh, you know, there's, there's marginal, you know, uh, benefits from, to, for actually getting a job. Well, let's move on now to Tuesday's Telegraph and a lack of imagination on display in this one, I fear, Leo. Yeah, by, by the journalists. So, um, basically, these, these two people, these two burglars have been caught uh, after police found Google searches uh, for what to do with £3 million and how to open a locked window uh, on, <laughs> on their mobile phones. But, really, the, the story isn't... They, they weren't caught from, like, some sleuth going into their internet search history. They were caught because they were physically caught when they were running away from the property. Oh, so actually, the so... way this article has spun it yeah, is, is yeah, completely yeah. inaccurate. But I've heard of this kind of thing before, where, where, you know, in the court case, they'll bring up their Google searches, and they yeah. really are like, how do I murder my best friend's mother who I hate? Uh, yeah. You know, or, or whatever, and it's just all there. So surely the, the, the lesson for criminals is here is stop Googling stuff. Yeah, but I get scared Googling stuff, because sometimes just doing these stories, you have to Google something a little bit weird, and yeah. you're like... Oh, <laughs> oh that's your excuse. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, this is not going to look good if something sort of coincidentally happened at this time. Yeah. But also, I think, what to do with three million? That seems like a pretty expensive robbery. And I think that they actually thought they were going to be robbing the house itself. Right. And that seemed... <laughs> so this is just yeah. incompetent burglars, basically. Yeah, and really, you know, we talk about, you know, aspirational. I mean, what could be more aspirational than somebody breaking into a house in South London and thinking they're going to get three million pounds worth Quite. of toasters? So yeah. what, that what, is... what is... Does Google have a thing where they flag it? Like, so if someone's Googling this kind of stuff, like do they flag it? And... or something. Yeah, do they, they just... go to the police and say, oh, this guy's Googling about how to, how to poison a niece? I don't mm. believe they do, but you can request you can request access to, to yeah. stuff that like that. That was quite a specific to. search, Andrew. Have you got a niece? I do. OK, just curious. What on earth are you trying to say? <laughs> I don't know, I'm just saying that seemed to pop out of nowhere. It was the first thing that came <laughs> just to nice my to head. see the police respond to something that isn't a tweet. Yeah, yeah, there is that, there is that. On to Tuesday's Independent now, and one that Josh is certainly best placed to discuss. Intergalactic cutting-edge physics. This is a passion of yours, is it not? Absolutely. Dark matter from billions of years ago has finally been detected by scientists because, of course... Oh, by the way, you were being, I, I appreciate, ironic, uh, yeah. and I am an idiot and I'm trying to pretend I know what I'm talking about here, but... Um, I'm going to test you on this. What is dark matter? Dark matter is part of the universe, like... But you've, it's, obviously you is can't it... see it because it's dark, because it emits light, but what you can notice it is, where, is from... Uh, how it reacts to light or how light reacts around it. So that's how you can sort okay. of guess where it is. Uh, they've not been able to look at it directly, but what they've done now, which is quite clever, is instead of looking at light and trying to work things out, they're looking at microwaves instead. And that's how they've actually managed to finally model this stuff and see what the universe looked like much earlier in time. Yes. And they found some interesting stuff here. They found that actually it's been proposed before that dark matter should stick together and form lumps, and they found that's actually not the case. And that, for me, is like... I've been saying that for years uh, to the uh, quantum physicist community. I'm sure you have. Yeah, and so I'm I feel very validated with They're this story. They're saying that this is, like, from 12 billion years old. This doesn't make sense, cos the Earth is only 6,000 years old. Have they not read Genesis? This is... Yeah, well, and also this is just made-up stuff by nerds. Do you think? You know, they're all like, oh, there's dark matter, but you can't see it. Oh, really? I can't see it. But yeah, there, exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? It's Stop like... trying to justify your government grants. Yeah, this stuff is not... It's like gravity. Yeah, yeah I've never yeah. seen that. Gravity exists. Let's move on now to Tuesday's Express. And the Earth had a bit of a wobble, apparently, Leo. 
Yeah, so this is this is quite interesting. So scientists are baffled. You know, traditionally scientists have thought that the Earth's rotation is slowing down. Right. Um, and up up until a few years ago, that's that's what they thought the long-term trend was. But recent evidence shows it's now actually speeding up. So it usually takes the Earth. 24 hours to ro rotate on its axis. Yes, really? I, I knew that. I, I don't know much about astrophysics, <laughs> I mean, but I knew that, is that one. The interesting part? This, is, this, is, this is in the express. This is, uh, <laughs> no, that's not the interesting part. But it's rotate, rotating faster. I was going to make a joke that, oh, but it's climate change. <laughs> it could be due to climate change. Really? So, yeah. Yes, because apparently the melting polar ice caps, yeah. there's less weight at the top of the planet, so it spins. Larger yeah, quantities yeah. of water. And if you think that, you know, if you do like a whirlpool or something in a bath and then it sort of builds its own momentum. That yeah. could well be what's going right, but on. Is, is this not Josh, really terrifying, yeah. the, the idea that we as a planet are spinning out of control? Well, yeah. it, could, it could cause issues for, for GPS, uh, but, I mean, I, I don't think it's much to worry about. And we're talking about 1.5 uh, microseconds. Yeah, but if it adds up enough, it will make a big difference to smartphones, computers, communication networks, and they might have to add a second. Oh, but so that sounds a bit like the Y2K well, stuff, that's exactly isn't it? What it I mean, that's like what everyone that. said. Yeah. We were all going to crash because everything was programmed in a certain yeah. way. But yeah. I think computers can cope with a, the oh, odd yeah. second here and there. They'll be they? able to, to yeah. deal with them. I, and they, they I already look forward do. to replaying that clip when we're all like living in some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> another another yeah, ice age. Remember when you said that? Yeah. Well, they, they already do it with uh, leap years. So do they? Yeah, leap seconds. This is leap seconds. I mean, because all it really, I mean, for GPS, for example, so. 1.5 milliseconds uh, equates to like 10 inches, right. which actually is quite quite a big difference if you're looking at a GPS system, which is you know accurate I, to quite. I just say that it makes me a bit nervous. The idea of the planet spinning mm. faster and going—I mean, can it just sort of you know fly out into another solar well, so system? Started, or may, reading no, this made can't. me feel a bit dizzy. Yeah, exactly. Stars a bit like, <laughs> yeah, that, that actually does make me yeah. worried. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's finish now. This is a uh, Tuesday's Times and. Just a light palate cleanser from China. Yes, Josh. Chinese food blogger investigated for eating great white shark. TZ, uh, more than uh, 7.8 million followers on Douyin, it's a Chinese streaming channel. Uh, her whole shtick is that she eats like crazy animals and crocodiles and this and that. And then she was filming herself getting this two-meter shark, uh, so obviously it's a baby shark, in a seafood shop in, uh, in Nanchung. And then it turns out she was saying a certain type of shark. It wasn't. It, was, it turns out it was a great white shark. They identified as that. The police have now visited her and looks like we're going to be getting some new type of COVID from China. Is that <laughs> according? This is what happened last time. Yeah. But is the whole problem here that a great white shark, you know, she's got this thing that she eats rare animals, yeah. uh, which is like that film The Fresher, you know, the one with Marlon Brando yeah, and, yeah, and Matthew Freshman, Broderick. Yeah. Freshman, yeah, yeah where great, they, great they, rich people get together and, and eat the rare it's, it's, endangered yeah. creatures. Um, but this is so. But is it because it's rare? Is that the problem here? That this well, is... I don't understand because I mean they're not they're not that rare. I mean, what's better? Are they like swans? You're also not allowed to eat swans. There's loads of swans. No, that's because the queen owns all the yeah, swans. Yeah, but like I mean that's a, that's a nonsense. Like you know we can just say well the queen can have these ones and we'll get these ones in a shed. After we'll... today's show, all I'm thinking about is you walking around by yourself on Christmas Day eating a swan. Yeah, we might eat a swan. Well, look, that's all shark. we've got time for on that image. I'm back tomorrow. Leo has a night off, but Josh is back. And making his debut tomorrow is the very funny Ben Norris. So we will see you tomorrow at 11pm. Farewell. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.